0: Good evening, everybody. Uh, nice to see you again. The last night I could get people before Thanksgiving. Come on in already. I knew it wasn't going to work. So, um, Okay. So this, this topic really, um, it, it really is the continuation of, it's a separate topic, but it is totally the continuation of what we've been talking about, uh, especially continuation of the topic of Hashem brought this, and we'll see how that yeah, Shikakapradas literally takes you straight in to the topic of Bita'chon. Um, but even if you weren't at the last year, you'll be fine. But the, but it really connects. Um, whenever I talk about the topic of Bita'chon, I always tell this story. I mean, Pesachon told this story, um, and uh, it I, like was a very important uh, lesson for me. And we'll see. It is true. You'll see. But if it's if it's exactly what everybody else thinks about Bita'chon. He tells the story, his father was, uh, became ill when he was very young. His father was very young, and he was very young. And um, he would, um, and his father was in Columbia Presbyterian. So his, the family was very close with Rishuvan Schwab, who was the Rav of Kahal Dasi in the Broyer's community in uh, Washington Heights. So he would go for Shabbos and stay with Rishuvan Schwab. And then he would, you know, dive in Broyer's, and then he'd walk to visit his father in the hospital and he'd come back to the Shavabs for lunch. So he said, one Shabbos, he came back from from visiting his father, um, who was gravely ill, and Rishwab said to him, how's your father? And he said, I have bitachon, that'll be fine. And Rishwab looked at him to and he said to him, that's not bitachon. He said, bitachon is not that you know it will be fine. Bitachon means that you have, that you recognize that Hashem has a plan. That's what he said. So, that was always like my frame for what Bitachon is, but we're going to have to explain more what does that mean, is that the only opinion about what what Bitachon is, are there other approaches? So let's let's see as we move along. Bitachon will translate for the purposes of our conversation as trust, which I think is a a pretty good translation. In, In Israel, what does Bitachon mean in Israel? Security, right? Like the, the guy in the front of the, every restaurant, it says bitachon on his back, right? That's security. So it's a similar, right? You trust in security guards. they are got to protect you. So, um, so let's see. So let's get started right from the beginning. Source number one, a, a, a few gomaras, a couple of gomaras that seem to point us maybe in different directions when it comes to the question of, because the, the, it sounds funny to say, but this sheer is probably the most practical of all of the shiram that, we, that, we, that we're going to give in these five, this set of five, um, in terms of actually how you make decisions in life. Um, because the question always that you have to ask, you're having conversation about B'Tachon is, do I tr- simply trust sometimes that Hashem will figure things out, or do I put in what we call in Chazal, or i I got to do something. can't just rely on Hashem to do for me, I don't sit in my house and wait for checks to fall in the mailbox, right? I gotta go out and go to work, I gotta, right, whatever that is. So how do I balance, right? The appropriate ishtadlis, doing what I'm supposed to do in the world with a certain recognition that no matter how much I do, Kosh Baruch is gonna be the one who makes the decisions in my life. So take a look at source number one. Source number one is a Gemara that is, would be source number one in a different shear. also. If we were giving the shear about, um, you know, working versus learning. Kolel versus going to work. So the first Gemara is this Gemara. Why? Because this Gemara has a very, very fundamental machlokas between two Amarayim. Gemara says as follows, Tanu I apologize, <coughs> I just got it a little bit last minute in there. Tanu Rabbanon vi'asavta diganacha, right? When we talk in, in the Shema, what should you do? So you will harvest your grain. That's a commandment, right? You should harvest your grain. What does it mean to teach me? Meaning, why do you have to tell me you're going to harvest your grain? Obviously, you're har- if you have grain, you're going to harvest it. That's what every human being does. It says, What What's it come to teach me? Because the Torah also says, it actually says in, in Navi, that the, you, you should never, um, the, the Torah should never leave your mouth. Is it possible to, to read this as it's written? Tama Lomar, de D'ganecha. Hinag behen minag derech Eretz. says, on the one hand, we're told in Tanakh that, 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 that learning should never leave your lips. o'yom, you shall learn all the time, day and night. So why is it so there for the Torahs to come and tell you, de D'ganecha. You have to go out and make a parnasa You have to earn a living. So, meaning... I have to, a person has to go to work. Hinag ben, minag derech eretz. Derech eretz, we always mean, means have good midos. It does also. But derech eretz means the way of the world. Get a job. Get a job. And that's the approach of Yishmael. Human beings live in this world. They need to be sustained. So what do they do? They have to go to work. Also have to learn also. But you also have to go to work. That's a bishmo. Rishim ben Yochai, Omer. Rishim ben Yochai says, Efsha Adam beshas Vishas Kharisha beshas Bishashria person's gonna plow during the plowing times and plant during the planting times. Vikote beshas Kutira and then harvest during harvest times. Vidosh Tisha, and then thresh at threshing times. Vizarebine is Vizareh and then you're gonna be able to have to winnow the different you know there's the different steps and be able to produce grain and bread. Torah Matheala When are you gonna learn? If you're doing all these things, we're never going to learn. When we do what Hashem wants from us, we'll get taken care of. We don't have to worry. Others will take care of us. Bottom line, and if not, when we don't do what Hashem wants, then we have to do it ourselves. Because he basically says, the ideal is, we do what Hashem wants and Hashem provides Parnassah for us. Who's going to do it? I don't know. The, the rest of the world? Uh, whatever. It's going to get taken care if you don't have to worry. You do what Hashem wants, you'll be taken care. Of. Okay? So it's a machlokas. Maybe Shemal says, go to work. Shemuel says, if I go to work, I'm never going to learn. So what do you do? Learn and Hashem will provide. You know the joke, you know the joke, right? Guy goes to me to his the and he and law. He, and, he, and, he, and so he sits and he's and spend time with him, he says, you know, so what are you going to, you know, how are you going to, you know, wh- what's your plan for a parnasa? Hashem will provide. How are you going to have a place to live? Hashem will provide. How are you going to take care of my daughter? Hashem will provide. So, uh, so he walks out and he goes to his wife, she says, what do you think? He goes, well, it's one thing I like about him, what's that? He thinks I'm Hashem. Right? So that's the, right, so, right, I'm going to, Hashem will provide. As I give aids to the guys, I say, if you're gonna if you don't know what you're doing in life, you can't date because you can't answer those questions to your... Anyways, the bottom line is, Rishmael says go to work, Rishmael says, Hashem will provide. Okay? So what does Gamar say at the end? Amar Abaye, second the bottom line, Harbei osu kareb also be b'yadam, many people did like Rishmael, and it worked for them. Harbei kareb Rishmael y'ochai, ve'lo'osu b'yadam. Many people tried to like Rishmael and it didn't work. Okay. different conversation for a different time the post can all seem to pass against Rishim and assume like a Bishmah person should go to work fine what does this Gemara tell you about Bitachom? if you had to just read this Gemara and say what does this Gemara tell you about Bitachom? what would you say you can't just I, I, Hashem will provide it's not enough I don't just say the regular person doesn't say Rishim Marechah could Rishim lived in a cave, in a cave and he, we, told, we told the difference of Rishim Marechah last time right about the, the birds and cat. so he, lived in a lived in a cave with a carob tree and a stream, a miracle Hashem provided for him. Taka. But for most people, that's not going to work. Fine. Look at the next kamar. Kamar Baruchos Tafsam. The Amr of Dam. A person goes into bloodlet, right? Bloodletting in the times of Chazal was considered a very healthy therapeutic thing to do. Your bloodlet, it was to, to, to give you a fu weren't feeling well, you'd go to the blood letter and you would release some of the blood from your body, okay I think someone says there are those who say, even today some people think blood letting might be therapeutic but that's not medical advice um, but whatever So, what happens, we're about to, to, to get to, to go, to a, to go through a procedure what should you say in fact is the and shachon arach before you take medicine, you're supposed to say this, 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 this uh, tefillah. I never knew this until I got married. My mother-in-law has this on her medicine cabinet. I was like, if you know my mother-in-law, then you understand that. But um, he's very, very from my, mother- my mother-in-law. So I didn't know this until I saw this. In, in, it's in Shulchan Fine, but why do we say it? So I should, I say, I'm going to, I'm taking the medicine. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Hashem, please make it work for me, because you are the one who heals. Because it's not the normal thing for people to do Rafua. But what can we say? We do it. What would you uh, What would you say if you just read that? You're supposed to. You're supposed to. You know, rely on Hashem. You're supposed to do things yourself. What would you say? You just this part. Placebo effect. What? Like the placebo effect. Meaning.: like, um, really That's all fake, but we do it that's, we need action.: so That's we what it sounds like, right?: It sounds like, because really, refuah is not something you're supposed to do, but you know, we have to. So we do it in it You can say that. Some really come out of that way, OK? The Gemara ends. Don't say that. So the Gemara ends with no. Don't say that we're not. Don't say that last line. That you know we don't. We don't really do this. It's only because we have to. No, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have uh, people, human beings, who are able to to uh, <clears throat> to um, heal other human beings. So Rav Lichtenstein actually has in his safer called By his Light, which we're going to quote in a little bit, he quotes this Gemara. And he quotes this Gemara as, as possibly at least the beginning, or maybe having a machlokas about this question, maybe two approaches. Also, you know, do you say, yeah, I get it, yeah, it. you're going to do the, the, the bloodletting, but really it's a joke because Hashem decides. Or do you say no? What do you mean? Hashem says, you should heal each other. You're supposed to go through the the... the, the the, you know, the actual action of healing because that's our responsibility. So, it's almost like we have two Gemaras that both provide these kind of two sides: The sense of Hashem will provide or, no, get to work, do something. Fine. I mean, he still knowledge into human beings to figure it out. They could have not figured it out, but God gave wisdom to human beings that allowed them to... All the advances that we have in the world are because human beings... Right? You could say, we all did it by ourselves. Right? Or you could say, have provided the, right, the, the tools, the brain, the everything that allowed us to do it. Fine. It's interesting. There's actually a crazy Ramban that even enough pages. I didn't show the Ramban. A wild Ramban. Shouldn't say crazy. A wild Ramban to read, where he argues that doctors is like nonsense. Ramban says that the doctors like nonsense. So we do doctors. What? Okay. 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 The Ramban goes crazy. The Ramban goes crazy, and the, in fact, with Chaim Brisker, when he saw that Ramban, he said it's a mistake that the Ramban didn't write it. He thought it was so crazy that the Ramban couldn't have written such a thing. Okay. But look at the Rambam in source number three. The Rambam the not this. he He's a rationalist, the Rambam, and he's going to tell you that he really believes in the ability and the importance of human beings. The Rambam says it's false, and this is a translation of the Rambam in the, in the Perish Mishnayis in Pesachim. He writes, "I've explained this matter at length because of the other explanations that I've heard. Others have explained that Shlomo authored a book of medical remedies, so an individual who fell ill could consult his work." And by following his medical advice, become well. When Hezkiyahu saw that people forsook trust in Hashem, and instead of following the prescriptions in the book, he removed it from circulation. How nonsensical is this explanation of the matter? And how mistaken it ascribes a degree of foolishness to Hezkiyahu and the sages who support his efforts, that we would not impute even to the basis rabbi. Okay, So the idea, explaining this story, that that's what happened, that Hezkiyahu found this book, and said like, no, no, no. And he hid it because, like, bitachem, bitachem, bitachem. He says, that's crazy. According to this absurd reasoning, if a hungry man assuages his hunger with bread and thus overcomes the sickness of hunger, shall we say of him that he thereby forsook his trust and belief in God? Or the fact that you ate food, that you trust in Hashem, Hashem will make you full. That's ridiculous, says the Ram. That's impossible. Rather, just as we thank God at the time of eating for having provided sustenance and allowed us to overcome our hunger and to survive, so do we thank him for having provided the medical remedy that heals us. I would not even have bothered addressing this issue if not for the fact that so many people are mistaken about its interpretation. So I just want to make it clear, says the Rambam, it is absolutely our responsibility to use medical knowledge to heal ourselves. Obviously, you don't just say, Hashem will provide. Fine. Um, but what you see anyways, right, even as you start to have the conversation, right, even, especially that Gemara, about the yiratzon that you say before you do bloodletting, which is what? There's going to be a balance here, right? Even as an individual is expected, a Jewish person is expected to make use, at least according to these opinions so far, that you're expected to make use of the, of the physical world and to, and to be responsible, that doesn't mean that we say, look what I did. Right? It's it, with a balanced approach of, yeah, but uh, provided that food. Hashem uh, provided that refuah, Hashem provides the things in the world that allow me to do the things that I do. That's what it sounds like so far. And of course, the idea of having me talking, I could have quoted you 150 different psukim, I brought you one that you know pretty well if you ever experienced Motei Shabbos, right? Source number four. is right? a Hashem is my salvation. I have trust in Him, and I won't be afraid. Right? Hashem is my, is my, is my salvation because I trust in Hashem. But the question is, yeah, there's a balance between the two, but what's the balance? How much balance? How much do I need? How much bitachon? And how much Ishtabas? That's the, the million-dollar question. How much do I exert my energy, and how much do I say, you know what, at a certain point I have to stop and say, I've done what I've done, and now Kaush will take care of the rest. And how do you know to make that balance with okay? So one of the, the individuals, the great think, one of the great thinkers who addressed this issue head on was someone known as the Chazon Ish. The Chazon Ish of Rishai Karolitz, uh, grew up in, in, in Russia, actually, and he actually learned by Rav and uh, at one point he was, he did not like the brisker method of learning, he left. brisker was like the greatest time of his generation, and of many, many generations. He, the chazanish didn't like that approach and he left, actually. Um, they say about the ish I don't know if it's, uh, they say about the, the, the I shouldn't say I don't know. They say about the Chazonish that he was not a child prodigy. He did not, he wasn't like the greatest learner of his generation by the time he was four years old. He was like a regular kid, actually. And that, but that he worked very hard. Okay. He said the Chazanish that was tell you, Yeshiva. And said the Chazon wasn't a big wasn't a big genius. He just worked really hard. And that he became eventually. He ends up learning by Rav Chaim Ozer Grzynski in, 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 in Vilna, and they uh, and then eventually he uh, is encouraged by Rav Chaim Ozer and then by Rav Cook to move to Eretz Yisrael uh, in 1933, and he lands in Bene Brak. And Bnei Brak is where he stays for the next 20 years, and he becomes the preeminent scholar and godlob b'torah of Bnei Brak. And Bnei Brak, to this very day, is Chazanish land. The, the minhagam of the Chazanish, they quote the Chazanish all the time, the Chazanish is still, to this very day, like the Bnei Brak is known as the, as the city of the Chazanish. Um, so he wrote commentaries on, on, uh, on the Gemara, on Mishnayas, et and he also wrote at the very, very end um, of one of his commentaries in the Mishnah and a few pages, a short piece, which was later taken out and turned into a book called Emuna VeBitachon, Faith, uh, Faith and Trust, um, which is uh, not a very big book. It's not so. It's, in Hebrew, it's like a little skinny book. And the translator they came out with a translation a few a number of years ago it's a little thicker but it's not very big and it's not it's not the easiest read but it's you know it's 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 um it's relatively straightforward so what i wanted to do tonight is we're going to see that the chazanish's approach to, to Bitachon. now but we're going to see some of the also um but you, you'll see the chazanish is going to provide what i personally I, i've always learned as the approach to this kind of balance um but we'll, we'll have room to kind of expand from that also. Um, okay. So let's take a look at source number five. And in source number five, if you came to this year and had no other, didn't learn anything else, but you learned what I'm going to tell you in source number five, it was worth coming to this year. Okay? Because the Chazanish says what Rabbi Schwab said, Terahi Pesach. Taos no shenis. on the right side is the Hebrew, and the left side is the English. Taos no nis, a- nis azracha belev rabim is a huge mistake which has rooted become rooted in the hearts of many when it comes to the concept of B'itachon. a big mistake shame. <laughs> it's a concept that that lots of righteous people talk about and what do they say that people mistakenly believe you have to believe you're required to believe everything that a person's coming into contact with and they're worried about the future what's going to happen it's not clear there's two possibilities there's a fork in the road. Which way? Not which way should I choose. But which way? What, what's going to happen? Am I going to get the job or not going to get the job? Is, is, the, if I'm, is my surgery going to be successful or not successful? Is my, are my kids going to be okay or not okay? Whatever. Name the thing that we all worry about. Okay? Two possible things that are going to happen. People think, Achas Tov. veloshnia Shaniyah. Ki tov. Some people think that bitachon means I believe that Hashem will do what I want. It'll be good. Don't worry, it'll be good. I have bitachon, then it'll be good. If <laughs> you, you're worried that maybe it won't be good, that's the lack of bitachon. He said that's what some people think. <laughs> this is wrong. It's incorrect. Right, people say, Rabbi Rabbi, Rabbi said he wasn't Rabbi Kron yet he was a kid still said to Rabbi Schwab I'll be and he'll be well I'll be and he'll be fine Rabbi Schwab <laughs> said to him that is wrong that is not bitachon that's what Chazal says that's not bitachon okay so what is so he, he says and I'll tell you why it's wrong unless you have some type of prophecy about the future. It's not determined yet. I, I don't want to know what Hashem is going to do. I know Hashem will do what's good for me. You don't know that. I don't know what's going to happen. And give me a better proof that it's not true. What's the best proof that it's not true? You know, that that belief is not correct. Why? Doesn't always happen. Doesn't always happen. What, the good thing doesn't that welcome to welcome to the universe. We're good the, 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 the thing that always happens Is not always the good thing Ah said we Okay not oh. oh, 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 oh. Okay Okay, okay. okay. See, Now you're like Wait the rabbi is a like, kofar oh, What's going on here Right so don't worry We're going to talk about What the perspective should be We'll talk about the perspective In a second But he's just saying This is a it, what, what I think is good Will happen Right I'm going to Don't worry I'll be talking I'm going to get the job That's what I'm talking about You'll be talking going to get the job You don't know You're going to get the job Right now you have to trust it's going to happen. what is bitachon? It is recognizing and believing that there is no happenstance and no, no randomness in the world. That everything that happens happens because Hashem decides it to be. Meaning that bitachon is not saying All will be fine, right? The the thing that I want to happen, just have bittachon, and it will happen. But rather, whatever happens, right? It's not a question of looking towards. I mean, is also, but looking towards the future and determining. I must believe that what will happen will be good. It's about when. when It's it's saying to myself, whatever will happen, will be what Hashem wants. That's very different. Yes, you could say Whatever Hashem does is good. Yeah, yeah, okay. But like we spoke about a few times ago, that doesn't mean that doesn't always feel good, and we don't even have to, as human beings, call it good necessarily. We can say it's Hashem, it's what Hashem wants. But it's not necessarily good. And he says. The degree of the action of faith on the course of a life is one of the character traits of human beings. Let's look at the English here for a second. If you look down the second paragraph, it'll make it easier easier to follow. The traits of humility and mercy and such like are not subject to the rules of the material world. For material forms are connected to the boundaries and measurements. When a material object loses its boundaries, it loses its form. A broken clay pot is not a clay pot at all, just a shard. Human traits are not like that, but rather they have different levels on a scale. And we're going to see this as we talk about the different amounts of bitachon that different people have and how does that impact the choices that I make. Every honest person has some humility and some mercy in his personality. But people differ in the levels of these qualities they possess. So too the trait of faith has different levels. From the low to the high. Those of little faith are still included among the faithful for they're not included among the atheists and heretics, and but their faith is weak and not capable of controlling them, except when it comes to some of the better-known transgressions, etc. Some people have greater faith, and its effect is more noticeable. The different levels and grades exist also among righteous people. Though they all live by their faith, they do differ individually, some more elevated than others, some more highly elevated than that. Fine. We're going to see that there's different types, different and Enemuna, etc., but... The point of the Chazonish, the very first point, and this is how he defines B'tachon. when you see the Reb scene does not totally agree that this is the only approach. But that the, the approach of the, the Chazonish, and I think this is the... I'm not a Bucky in all of the, the, the opinions of all of it, you know, in B'tachon, but I, I think the mainstream approach to Bucky is, is, is is like this. Right? That this is, B'tachon is a sense of what Hashem decides, Hashem decides. I recognize that Hashem decides that and I recognize that whatever happens is happening because that's what Hashem decided and by the way that's incredibly high level it's very hard right to even get here to that stage is, that's a hard thing to, 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 to do to, uh, to live life and saying look whatever's gonna be will be what a Baruch Hu wants and, I'm gonna li- and I'll be able to live with that that's very hard depending on what the situation is but that's what the Chashen says Bitachon is fine let's, let's talk for a second just let's back up for a second how, how would this relate to some of the conversations we've been having until now about Hashgachah because we, we mentioned the last two weeks basically two approaches to Hashgachah Pratis right? one is the Rambam and the Ramban that Hashgachah Pratis is, is divine intervention on every individual is only true on human beings and only true on certain human beings right um we found ways to expand that everyone in their own way and maybe it's my job to up my connection to hashem as much as i connect myself to kashproch who will intervene on my behalf and we all have that ability to create more practice in our life but how does this and the other approach of the Hasidim, the Vilna Goan, etc who said no Akash Baruch is everything that happens to every person, every animal, every bird, every right is going to be because Hashem decided it the, the amount that I can hope that Akash Baruch will intervene in a positive way for me right again is still upped by the things that I do by my davening etc how is Bitachon related to that question what she said it's the approach it works w- better with the second one right? Works a little with the first one works a lot better with the second one right? I don't know I I, I didn't I haven't seen anywhere what the Chazanisha's approach is to Ashka Pratas. But it, it sounds like right. It certainly sounds like his approach is the second approach of the Everything that happens to me no matter what it's because to ordained it to happen right now to me specifically to me so if that's if that's my approach Right? So then what that means is now I can operate in this zone. Once I believe that everything that happens to me happens because I wanted it to happen to me right now, at this moment, so then what can I say? Okay, so the things that are happening in my life are happening because Hashem wants them to. And then I can say, Well, I guess then whatever's gonna to happen to me in the future is happening because Hashem wants it to happen to me. Like that. Right? We talked before, for some some people that's very heartwarming. And for some people, that's very upsetting, right? Um, I, you know, does the Chhazanish not agree with, not take the aside of the Rambam, and the Ramban, etc.? I'm not sure. It certainly doesn't sound like it quite as much. That, that, that certainly is true. Um, but I, I think we, even in that sheer, you can see that sheer, but we, we did provide some explanations how you could kind of expand the Rambam and the Ramban also to be, you know, uh, even, even happenstance isn't really happenstance and it's Hashem deciding not to intervene, but He's also there. So there's ways to connect it to that approach also. But yeah. How does that relate to, to sin, though? I mean, what if you walk into a McDonald's and you sit down and you have a an hamburger, and you say, oh, well, Hashem wanted me to be having a Big Mac right now. That's good, so, 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 very good, actually. We didn't, talk, <laughs> we didn't talk at all about the connection between hash talk ha and pichu-me-khaftness, right, and free will. How do you deal with divine, divine intervention and I have, I have free choice? Also, that we talked about in the sense of if I decide to punch somebody in the face and they get punched in the face, they say, oh, shouldn't want to get punched in the face. What do you mean? That guy chose to punch me in the face. Right? So how do, you, how do we do that? How do we deal with that? This question is a little different because this is your own personal choice. Meaning, if you decide to be a Big Mac, you can't, like, you can't say like, well, you're emotional wanted it to happen. You ate the Big Mac. So that's like, everything's in Hashem's hands except the choices that we make. So you can't, that, because that, otherwise, the, the whole functioning of, of, the, of the system doesn't work, right? which is that I have choices to make, and Hashem rewards and punishes. If I can say that Hashem caused me to eat the big man, then I can't get punished, and I can't get rewarded, and there's really no point in our existence. Right? So that, I think that's why it's can be different there. Yeah? I learned once, the people ask why the midterm got so many punishments for the Jews, and was said that someone mm-hmm. was going to enslave the Jews, and if so they chose to, and that's what Ramban says. They, they offered, offered, right. 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 They chose to be the ones to subjugate us, etc. Right. So once you make a personal choice, then you become, then you become, uh, you know, on, you're on, now you're on the hook. Fine. So just, I think that's what I meant before when I said that this concept of, of Hashakha Pratis plays that you almost can't learn this subject of pitachum without recognizing this issue of Hashakha Pratis that's existing in the background here right is that the Chazinish can't tell you that you have to believe that everything happens in the happens because Hashem wanted it to right even if you don't believe that it'll be good but you believe that it'll be Hashem's hand that only works if you believe that Hashem's hand is in everything that happens it's only going to work that way yeah I don't understand how I just don't understand the concept of like the Ramam and the Raman, like I or how I I don't understand it doesn't make sense to me and this is how you're like you talk Right doesn't work right it's much harder I agree with you like how, like how, how do you understand bitachon that I believe that's Hashem's plan if maybe Hashem is not controlling what happens to me right it's gonna be much harder absolutely it'll be harder you're right no you're, you're correct good right. okay so but the question is how does it play out in your life so it's nice to talk about like what it means to think that's nice How does it work? La maisa, the maisa. What does it look like? Okay. So take a look. The Chazanish tells you. Source number six. Source number six. Says the Chazanish, When a person encounters an event that according to the ways of the world involves personal danger to him, it is natural to fear the ways of the world. His intense feelings weaken his resolve to remember that we do not live by by chance and that there is nothing stopping the Almighty from saving him and from a raging causes that will change the outcome, right? When we are put in a position now where we're afraid, and something happens that's scary, we're, whatever, and we're in a dangerous situation, we're in a bad neighborhood, we're, we're given a, a scary, scary information from a doctor, whatever that is, that puts us in a place where we're now nervous, right? And we're now nervous. We know intellectually that what? Hashem will make a decision here. He's going to make a choice. And it's none of them but that's hard when one exercises self-restraint at such a difficult time and internalizes the known truth that this is not a chance misfortune but rather it's all from Hashem for better or for worse when one allows one's faith to alleviate the fear and give one the courage to believe in the possibility of salvation when one allows oneself to understand that nothing that one is facing is necessarily tends more towards a bad outcome than a good one then one has achieved the trait of trust and mission. So you want to have a barometer for where you, how you're doing in Bita You're only going to find out when. When you face any sound. When you face something hard. That's when you find out where you, where you lay on the scale. And we all find ourselves in different places on that scale and probably at different times in our life. Right, well, different, and different places. But what? And also, when the tests happen, you find yourself in a different yeah. stage of the like, At different times. Right, right, exactly, and and, and it depends what's happening to and how it's happening and how it's severe, and we we then see for ourselves, right, how we how we feel, fine. Um, so that that's how it that's how it comes out in terms of um, just experience experientially, right? How you feel, either my strong trust in Hashem or my struggle. The struggle to trust in Hashem, which is, I think, for a lot of us, that's what we experience when we experience something really horrible, you know, or, or hear about something horrible that happened to somebody else, even. Like, why, why would you do that? Why, is that? why is that happening? It doesn't make any sense. And that's when we face that struggle of, okay, but can I, can I reorient myself? Can I allow the thing that I know in my head to be true and bring it down into my emotions and to actually feel it? It's very hard. But it goes even further than that. Okay, take a look at Source Number 7 because what's Amuna versus Bita'chon? The book is called Amuna for Bita'chon, and these are two fairly different things. And a lot of times we mix up the words and we interchange them. Amuna Bita'chon is the same thing. It's not the same thing. Even though you say right now they're the same. Watch this. Amor, um, according to this, Amuna Faith and trust are one. Rak hi am abata klalisha baaleh. Emuna is my general theological thinking, the framework that I work with. Vabitachon hamabat shalom amin alatzmo. But bitachon is how do I view myself? Hamuna bebachinas halacha, vabitachon bebachinas ma'isa. Emuna is what happens in theory. Bitachon is what happens in practice. Meaning, if I, I can believe in theory that there's a God in heaven, there's a God who is in charge of the world, and there's a God who has, plays a role in the world, and all those things, basically, share one, two, and three, right? Whereas all the, that there is a God, and that God plays a role in, in people's lives. And I know that. That's, that's the halacha I have to learn, in a certain sense, right? Bitachon is, yeah, you really believe it? How does, it, how does that translate into the way we feel and then even how we make choices when it comes, when that struggle comes into, in, into real life. So bitachon, in a sense, is the, the playing out in real life of the things that I know in my head intellectually to be, to be true. If that's true, we're get to this a little bit later, but if that was true, then what would be one way to strengthen a person's bitachon? In theory? Increase your mind. Right? If, you, if you think and learn and understand more about Amunna, right? If you, if you spend the time to, to, to really think about and to learn and to read about how is it that we're supposed to understand the way Akadosh Barakha kind of works in this world and we feel like we understand it more and, we understand it, and it means more to us and we believe it more, so then when it comes to that moment which we should never have, but unfortunately all human beings have, where we have that struggle, right? that's when we then can apply that which we know. Okay. Right, it's easy in a certain sense to be a Boteach when there's nothing really happening. But how hard it is to be a Boteach when it really comes into play, says the Chazanish. It's a very beautiful line. It's like a very, it's almost like the Chazanish kind of removes the mask and it's like a human being. You know, it's hard, it's hard. Okay, um, he spends a lot of time in the Safer also talking about false bitachon, which I don't think we really need to talk about so much, but it's interesting, he talks about the fact that there are people who, you know, they say, bitachon, 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 yeah, I trust in Hashem, I trust in Hashem, and in the meantime, you know, they're, they're, they're cheating on the taxes, and they're, uh, you know, not being honest in business, et cetera, et cetera, You believe so much in Hashem, but you, uh, you know, if you really believe, you would just do the right thing, right? And this is, where, but but this is where it gets to, um, the question of not just in practice how I respond emotionally to difficult things in my life. That's one aspect of we talk about. But the other aspect is how to make how to make choices in my life. And this comes to a question that um, that um, that it, it, it gets to a to a conversation that is had when it comes to Yosef. how Yosef what happens to Yosef Zadok? Yosef goes into prison. Right? And he's stuck there for two years. Why is he in prison? Because he did the right thing and he was miscabre and he didn't give vintage potifar. Right? And he gets to, and, and, and thanks God so proud of him that he throws him in jail for two years, for a while at least. And, and and he and he's there and the, the, the and the Sarah are there and they have dreams and he explains their dreams. It's like and Shanase and the Sarah gets killed, and the goes back to power. Right? And what is the normal thing? What you to do when the Saruman is walking out of jail? What's a normal thing to do? Remember me. Remember me. Do me a favor, put in a word with the boss. You know, I, I, I told you such an amazing thing. I was right, right? Hey, maybe tell, tell Paro about me. That would be nice. Would you mind helping me out? So we're gonna, I want to skip a few sources and get to this point right now first. Because um, it gets to a conversation about the different levels of Bittachan that people have and how we're not all the same. Okay? The Medrash says as follows. We'll take a look at source number 11, uh, but go to the English. It's just easier right now. Um, source number 11 is a, an excerpt from a Savior called the Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi is Rebbe Yosef Dov HaLevi Soloveitchik, not the Rebbe Soloveitchik that we know. That's Rabbi Soloveitchik's great-grandfather. Okay? Rabbi Soloveitchik... <coughs> we know as you know, the halakhic man, you know, uh, Rosh Hashim, NYU, et etc. in Boston. So his great-grandfather was the Beis Levi. Yosif Doval Levi, So he's the father of Rav Chaim So he quotes a medrash. What does the medrash say about Yosef? Ashrei ish, right, happy is the man who places in trust in God. Ze Yosef. That's Yosef. And the end of that pasuk is, and does not turn to empty ones. He doesn't turn to Rehoboam. doesn't turn to human beings. That's also Yosef. For since Yosef said to the butler, please remember me, he had two years added to his pre- sentence in prison. And many have tried to understand the fact that the Medrash first says, this is Yosef, right? Apparently praising him. And then says that Yosef is the one who turned to empty ones, which sounds like a rebuke. Which one is it? Is Yosef a tremendous spa bitachon? Or was Yosef a person who didn't have enough bitachem? On the one hand you tell me, he's great! Ashtorea issue has bitachem, that's Yosef! And Yosef, because he didn't have bitachem, he gets kept in prison. So which one is it? Can not you say that he had, no, he had no foreseeable way out, right? Yeah. And the number two guy tells
1: want want in jail,
0: he's there for what? That's right? it. His, only, his ishtadlus was, that was his way of out. That's his, and that's his only ishtadlus. Right. Only what was he supposed to do? No, I mean, I mean we don't know what was going on in the prison, but presumably that was his way out. That was his ticket. Absolutely. That was his, that's what I would have said. It's not that he was, not, that he was not trusting Hashem. He was doing quote unquote. Right. Right. That's what, say. that's what I would have said. That's what I would have said. Right. That's what I would do. Right. I think. That's what I would do. Right. When he not have left just sat there and starved instead of. When there was a when there was a family. In fact, Ramban says he was wrong. Ramban says that Avram was punished and that we go to Mitzrayim because Avram didn't have trust in Hashem. And the others say, no, Avram did exactly the right thing. Yeah, I mean, to his point, it's like you just you have to <coughs> use what's what's available what's to you. Normal. You know, the knowledge. The rabbis tell the story about the flood with the boat and the guy dies and he goes up and he says, to Hashem. He said, what do you mean? I sent the boat to you and the, the, you didn't get on the boat. So here, right, right. you know, if, if you're not going to save for another human being, you're just going to sit in jail and rob. Right. What are you supposed to do? Hashem will save me. Hashem will save me. Good. That's the whole kasha. Good. You got the question. Good. So let's see what he said. we need to see two answers to this question. Okay? And the simple explanation is that certainly the Torah allows a person to make his own efforts to do his <laughs> in order to take care of his physical needs. As the verse states, and I will bless you in all you do. And it states, and you should collect your grain via Safa de Take you back to the first source. Right? That's what you're supposed to. And the truth is that this is the way of a Jewish person. They should feel at ease trusting in God. And the reason we're allowed to make efforts on our own is that not every person is able to reach such a high level to trust in Hashem. So one's allowed to work in order that it should help him reach a higher level of trust. Therefore, every person must be involved in work in order to make it easier for him to trust in God. F- funny language, right? A person should go to work, Why? Because when you go to work, you have money in the bank, and what can you do? I can't, now, I, now I'm like a little more comfortable, like I can have a little more bitachem. Right? Not everyone can have bitachem with zero money in the bank. Right? Most people can't. Right? It's hard. And this is similar to learning Torah, where the rabbis have taught that a person should continue to learn, even for the wrong reasons, in order that he should come to learn for the right ones. Meaning, at the beginning, right, I, I have money in my bank, and I say, ah, oh, Hashem's taking care of me. Well, I, I, that, I feel good about that. Why? i can say that why because i also have money in the bank right i can it's a little easier for me to trust in hashem because I, I have some i have some bad right and but the point is that during that time what do i do i, I remind myself but the money is there because of hashem and the money is there because of hashem that's a, that's a, it's a handicap right that's training wheels for Bitaha. i know i have money i have enough i have my health I have whatever i have and i say Baruch hashem i have those things right and i'm machazik for myself but I have those things. And, and that's like, but I, but I do it, you know, in a certain sense, shalom ishema. I say bitachon, but let's be honest, I, I feel comfortable. That's one, that's one level. And I don't think it's so bad, but that's one level. Therefore, the amount of effort that is required will differ depending on the person. For a person who's able to reach that sense of trust with less work, if they do more than what they need, that extra amount is considered a sin with regard to the trait of trust because he's continued to work and make efforts, more efforts, when he should have just trusted in Hashem. And one who needs more work to help him relax, should do more. They say about the Chavetz Chaim, I don't know if it's true, that every day he would open his store, he would sell enough goods to take care of them for the day, and then he would close. That is not good business acumen, right? That's not smart. But the Chavetz Chaim, that was enough for him. He knew if I could make enough for the day, I'm good, and I him only close the store. And he went back to learn. Um, it's true that's what they say right so so if this is true that everybody has to kind of figure out where they are and then you have to make that decision how much should I put in how much how much not so what is that so then how does that answer our question about Yosef what was the original question the Medrash says Yosef is Ish right amazing is a person who makes makes, makes Hashem there they trust in Hashem and that's Yosef and why is Yosef punished? Because he because he did a stahlus and he didn't have bitachom. What's the answer? Yes. The answer is because Yosef was on such a high level of bitachom. For him, that action kiim zichartani he asked in the sarmashkin for him was too much. For a normal person, it's required. But for Yosef, that was too much. So Yosef gets punished. He had a lot. He had a lot. He had a lot. So for him, he faltered. <laughs> I someone on his level shouldn't have shouldn't have even said it. it sounds ridiculous. It's almost hard. But also, I never say this, this say this this base uh, like as a drasha. I did once when I was first starting as a rabbi, and then I realized like it's not like we can't relate to this. It's like too hard. But okay, in terms of yosef, it's hard. But the soul, right, the, the concept that the base levy brings out here is very very important, and that is that for every person, the question of when am i doing enough and when am i doing too much is individualized for you depending on where you are and if you know that you have that you're good then going out and trying to get even more that's 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 too much but if you know that you need that you don't feel comfortable you're still feeling anxious and you need to do even more and that could be by the way in a paranyaster situation, that could be I'm not getting a second opinion from the doctor, I'm getting a third opinion, that could be whatever that is, right? In any in any area of life, when we're trying to figure out how to feel calm about the situation and the future that what the future holds for us, it's it it depends on every person to make that decision what's too much for me and what's not enough for me, and knowing how to make that those distinctions. The Chazanish actually has a different approach to the story of Yosef. He says it differently. And if you look back to source number 10 on your sheet, Chazanir says the story a little bit differently. And he says as follows. Um, It should be, I'll tell you where it starts. It starts on page six. Page six. Yeah, look at and page six on the right side and the where under where it says vav, go like a go a few lines down. One, two, three, four lines down at the end of the line, it says Vinay Nishayavnu. And in English it says we have the obligation. La dun Everything we do before we do it, we have to ask ourselves. In mimidas Is it appropriate based on this question? Obita he was wrong. Why? And he says why. I'll tell you why. He stays there forever. Yosef the next paragraph. Yosef knew. He knew doesn't depend on him. It depends on a kaddish He knew that. But a person has to do things. He can't rely on a miracle. So he said, you know, but like people are supposed to do a shtadlis, So I guess I should do something. He says it wasn't reasonable to assume that Saramashkin was gonna remember him. How do we know? He forgot him. He forgot him. The only reason he remembers him is when the dreams happen. Not because he asked him to. Right? We don't know the personality of the Saramashkin, but it's possible that Saramashkin wasn't a nice guy. And 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 the idea of reaching, you know, can you do me a favor, and mention? It? Get out of here. I'm interested in you. No, no, could you please mention? It was it was desperation for Yosef. So he argues that it was like he knew it wasn't in the realm of normal, it was like beyond normal. And that's why he says it's, a, it's it wasn't a problem. But be um, that as it may, be that as it may, what comes out here, according to the Chazanish and then according to the Beis Halevi, is that what is bitachon? Bitachon is that sense, right, that not that everything will be fine, right, but that. Whatever happens, it's happening because Hashem wants it to happen. And that, again, is a very high level. And there's two ways for it to play out practically. One is to say, um, how do I look at future events? Right? How do I think specifically future events that are scary? Right? Do, I, do I say, I, I, you know, I, I can't handle this. How can Hashem do this to me? Or do I say, I, I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense to me. But I recognize that this is a high level that Hashem is making decisions, and I don't know what those decisions are. That's one aspect of it. And the other aspect is, every day, and the choices that we make, and the way that we interact with the, with the world. Right? Do I, and it doesn't have to be, it's not going to necessarily be in every single action. I decide to go to the supermarket or not. Like, yeah, should I go buy food or not buy food? The answer is you should buy food. You don't have to, like, think that one out. Right? But there will be decisions here or there. Right? Should I get a new job? That new job is going to require... More time away, whatever that is, but it's gonna make more money. Right. So how do I make that decision to do I need to bring in that more money? Do I not bring that bring in more money? Do I I don't know. Right? There's always gonna be a cost benefit. And part of the question is the question of Bital. That's part of it, yeah. So okay, so we all know certain sort of communities here in Israel, yeah where parents have lots of children, right? Um even have to go on food stamps, kind right. and stuff, right. doing it so they're having children, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Happy tochon. Like Happy tochon. Huh? Happy talking, Hashem will work it out. <laughs> and, and people say that. And that's the line you'll hear. And say, I don't know. Hashem will work it out. So, if Hashem's figuring it out, then great. If the government's figuring it out, or your family figuring it out, so then you. something else. But so they're doing the wrong thing. By I'm not going to say that they're all... I, yeah. that's not, that is not my hashkafah and That's not the way I live my life. I agree with you. Um, I think that a person has a responsibility to not rely... The Rambam, I could have brought you... If we were talking about that topic, I'll bring you a Rambam. I'll show you a Rambam later. That, that is Aishlava crazy about the idea of a person taking money from Sadaka in order to learn. He goes crazy on the idea. The, psa, the, the basic in talk that, in, that, in that sugya is a person has to make a parnasa. There was reasons sociologically and even they were right at, at a certain time when Torah in America and Eretz Shah was very, very weak that there are many of Aaron Cutler and others believed he had to send everyone to Kolel because there was no learning in America and there was no learning in Israel after what happened in Europe and they're right in the sense of what happened to learning in America and Israel is incredible, like you never had learning ever. So in certain sense, it's correct. Um, how do you balance it is a, is a whole other conversation. But you're right, to say bitachon, you have to be careful because bitachon is, is one thing. By the way, the person who says, I'll have less, right? I'll, I'll be able to spend more time in learning and I'll have a less fancy this, a less, that's, that's one thing. But there's another thing to say, I'll spend time on learning and someone else is gonna take care of my family. That's a different story, right? And I think that that's, to say that's pitachon. That everyone has to work out pitachon in their own way in, the, in, the, in these conversations. But, but yes, um, uh, personally, I, you know, I don't, I don't think people should rely on food stamps and you know, and putting the communities that way, or coming to other communities to collect in order to fulfill those needs. I, you know, to, to, to cry bitachon is great, but bitachon, it's a funny thing to cry bitachon and then have to go collect from other communities to support yours. You know, personally, I have a hard time with that. Uh, others might argue, no, that's what bitachon means. Bitachon means it's going to come from somewhere else. And as, as long as we can make it work, we'll keep making it work. Okay? Yeah? Are we sure that. Hasidim? Hasidim. I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. I don't know. I don't know what he meant. I don't know. I can't say. It's a good question. I would be surprised if he meant a chassidim because chassidim as we've seen well, in the Rishonim when the Ramban talks about chassidim he means righteous people. So I wouldn't be surprised if he meant righteous people. Would it make more sense? Because that's the colloquial word. Colloquial coll- coll- is probably the wrong word. That's the, that's the phrase that's used you know, when you talk about I'll tell you one, one more thing um, and maybe we'll close with this um, one of my one of my rabbin in Eretz Yisrael, and Shalvin was named is Ezra Shapiro Ezra Shapiro is the Shana Bet Mashkiach in Shalvin and he once said something that, that was so true I, you know maybe it sounds such a chiddush to you but it was a chiddish to me then and he said that a person because the question becomes how do I strengthen my Bittach how do I how do I how do I work on it how, how do I become more faithful it's hard We'll talk more about that actually next week also, but how do I, how do I strengthen it? So he argued, you can't, what, what happens in the case of bitachon? We, this is what we said before, And muna is the halakha, and bitachon is the ma'is, right? So I could, I, I, if I learn and I know and I understand, but then I have to be able to use it, right, when the, that bitachon moment comes. So he said, you can't work on bitachon when you're in that bitachon challenging scenario. At that point, it's, it's, you, you have what you have. The time to work Abitachon is when things are quiet in your life. And when you're not dealing with the struggles. And that's when you learn, and that's when you think, and that's when you dive in more, and that's when you, right? There's a great sefer called Chovas it's a classic sefer written by Rabbein He has a shar sh- called Sharh Habitachon, again in English, Shara Habitachon, where he goes through all these lists of reasons why being a Abitachon is such a great thing. What, you know, what it is that we talk about for a person, how it makes you live a happier life. It's an amazing, it's an amazing section of the of, of Sefer. And I recommend it, if, if you, if you uh, can get your hands on it. You can. It's in every, it's in every farm store. Um, but the point is, that it's, it's those times, when we're not in the challenging situation, that we can sort of fill the gas tank. You fill the tank with you know, these types of concepts, coming to Shirim about it, right? Learning about it, and being machazic when you do that, so that and, and by the way, living life and and seeing the Rebbeim Shalom in your life and a normal day, right? That those are the opportunities when I see Yad Hashem in my life and I remember that everything in my life. And by when things are good, and I just remind myself, Baruch Hashem, things are good. And I don't and I you know, but things are fine. And you remind yourself because the Kodesh makes it fine, right? And if that's how you live your life, then when you hit one of these situations, it is you have reserves to draw on. Then you can empty the tank a little and you and you, you take from those reserves and it can help you in those moments. And it's such a it's it was such a smart haara and I, I've I've experienced it in my own life. You know, when I've had better times dealing with struggles and harder times dealing with struggles. And I always felt that when I'm fuller in that tank, when my Vodas Hashem is stronger, when I'm doing better in my general connection to Baruch Hu then my is gonna be stronger when I hit those hard hard times. And I think that, look, that's the opportunity of this year. I'm also coming out to learn about it. But if we all have the opportunity every single day uh, to, to strengthen that bitachon, to strengthen that sense, that reminder that Karsh Baruch was a part of my life. And then, even when those things that, that come about will come about, we'll remind ourselves that that Karsh Baruch was there. Now, they he's going to do what I want. But that whatever he does, he's doing it because that's part of his plan.